This is Issues 2023. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Jennifer Ray, owner of the Monarch in Wichita's Delano District. Welcome to Issues 2023, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. What do I call you, Jennifer? Jen, what is it? What you? Either. You don't care? Typically, okay. it's Jennifer if I'm in trouble yeah. or you're, we're family. Or if it's me, if a mom called me, it would be Stephen. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So where did you grow up? I grew up here. Here up in the studio or in this exact <laughs> studio. North side, west side, east side? Uh I grew up um down on the far, far southeast side, not even in Wichita. Really? Uh we grew up around the sixty third and Greenwich area. Which that's, back in the eighties there was nothing. That's a farm. There was no cable. Yeah. There was no pizza delivery. It was us and a couple other houses and Hidden Lakes Golf Course. So what schools did you go to then? I was a Catholic school kid. Catholic schools? St. Mary's and Derby and then okay. uh, Cape and Mount Carmel. And what kind of student were you? We're going to skip that question. We're going to skip it? Okay. Then. I was a good student. <laughs> I wish you had to be. I was fine. Did you dream of, uh, what did you dream of becoming when you grew up? You know, that is something that I don't know that I ever quite figured out. Really? I yeah, I really thought that I was going to be a school teacher. Yeah. And then when I was in college, I started working at the Child Development Center at WSU. Really? Um and I absolutely adored that job. I loved those kids. I loved what I was doing, but um I was making substantially more money bartending than I was working there. And in my sweet little young mind, trying to plan my life out, I knew certainly that I could not deal with other people's kids during the day and then go home and have a family at night. Oh, really? And at that time, I thought, you know, that I was going to get married and have children. And But I would have thought that you would think you take those skills of dealing with children and use them as a bartender in dealing with adult children. You know what I'm saying? It was almost the, it's the exact same thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> So uh, then again, before you you opened the Monarch, this is what you were doing then. Mm-hmm. You were well. So I um, bring us up to date for the step, whatever. I ended up staying on with Emerson Biggins, and in the early two thousands, they tried to um, start opening up new concepts. So we had the Wichita location, uh, we had the Lawrence location, and then I actually relocated to Oklahoma City for a while. Because we had two stores down there as well. So I opened up both of those stores down in Oklahoma City, which little did I know was a huge amount of uh, knowledge that I was able to apply to later in my life um, when I got older and found out that the garage bar was for sale. Mm-hmm. And that was just simply being in the right place at the right time. Well, we'll get into that a little bit about okay. how the risk taker, the, the entrepreneur, the monarch, of course, a solid attraction in Delano for 10 years now. It's referred to as a whiskey bar. What does that mean? Whiskey bar. That means <laughs> that whiskey. I have more whiskey and bourbon than I have food or beer or employees. We have it stockpiled in every corner of the office. Anywhere we can find a place to stick a bottle, we have, mm-hmm. we've tried, which worked really well for us because that is a tiny restaurant. It feels big. It's tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So the storage situation and the backstock situation and all those things you have to worry about when you are running a business became a challenge. So this was an easy way to um, to find a new little niche in town without uh, running into space problems. Let's talk about that building for a little bit. What was it before? It seems to me, it's got those garage doors. Yeah. It seems to me when, my, when, when uh, I don't know, this has been 50 years ago, my dad used to hang out down there and play dominoes in that building. Was it ever a, like a recreational pool hall or anything like that? I believe so, yeah. It, and that's way before my time. It has been a bar for a substantial a amount time. of time. I believe you're talking about Reds. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Which okay. no one, if anyone has pictures, oh, I would love really? to see them. Okay, there you go. But it was a garage. A garage. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it's uh, original, when it was originally built. You uh, you also serve food, uh, not only bourbon, but food. I, have to have, I never miss that special potato salad. What's it called? <laughs> the hot baked potato hot, salad. Oh, gosh. Where'd you get that, re- re- that recipe? Is that something Listen, you... you can't eat the same stuff over and over and over and over. So we just get creative. We get bored and we get creative and we start finding other things to plop into the menu. Yeah. Um, our kitchen is incredibly small. I mean, tiny. <laughs> so everything on our food menu was specifically built and refined and put on that menu to be easy to execute and quick to get out because yep. we know people, especially at lunch, they need to get in, get out. Yep, yep. Hey, the Monarchs uh, uh, is one of the best bourbon ar- bars in America, I understand. Tell us how you earned that title. And you've had uh, one of the best for, for what, several years now. Yeah. Tell um, us about the bourbon bar thing. We, um, we were recommended for that honor by some other people in the industry. And uh, that specific company that puts those puts that list out every year um just did some research on us and decided that we were a good fit for kansas um and we got on the list and we've just worked to stay on it so we're on that list and then uh, whiskey advocate also added us to their list of best is that a deal which they, they judge where you're judged basically on how much you sell or are it's the, it's the whole um based on how much Inventory we carry, mm-hmm. um, our cocktail list, the other parts of the culture, you know, we do classes. Um, we're always, you know, we try to make sure that we keep bourbon and whiskey as a, you know, something that we highlight in our brand. And that's, uh, that's how those places are picked. What, uh, where'd you get the idea or the inspiration to to open and run the Monarch, was it, was it you just take the take an existing bar and do better? Or yes, I know you had you had some sort of inspiration there. It was take that existing bar, which I don't know if you're familiar with what was there before, but it was a kind of a NASCAR themed sports oh, bar. Okay, um, which did not work in that neighborhood. I wanted in my head what I thought we were going to do was like a mix of Merle's and Mort's. Gotcha. With, well, Lee, you can't do cigars, but I can't. Not <laughs> I mean we can on the patio. Um okay, but you? it has yeah. 
Might have to do that. Write that down. Okay. Um, but yeah, in my head, I had this mix of those two places. Um, Some place where you could grab a sandwich at lunch, some place where you can have an after work drink. What it has morphed into is wildly different than where we started, but I attribute that to all of our great customers kind of molding. What's your best day or best uh, night of the week? The busiest, you think? I mean, I've been down I mean, there on typically Thursday. the weekends. I've been down there on Thursday nights. You can barely get in the doors. So. Yes. Uh, that happens more often than not. You know what really turned out to be a great day of the week was Mondays. Because after COVID, so many people didn't have staff to stay open seven days a week. And we became one of the few places in downtown that was open for business on Mondays. Mm. Do you have any employees who have been with you from the start? We do. We have three. Really? Yeah. Uh, three of them for 10 years. They put up with me for 10 years. Are they wait staff or bartenders? or? Um, my general manager was has been there since we opened. Um, I have another woman who worked up from bartending to management who's been there, and then my kitchen manager. Well, you must, you must be doing something right. Because I know there's a lot of turnovers. <laughs> a lot of there's turnover still a lot of turnover. Yeah. I, but I, I've i been incredibly lucky with the people that we have been able to hire. Well, let's go to what, what, I, what I find out on this show almost every week is that people are having a, a heck of a time uh, finding and keeping help. Oof. What's your help situation then? Above that. average. We still struggle. I have since... COVID, had to make some changes on how we pay um, different bonus programs. Um, And then we just, I try overall to keep adding little extra perks. And it's it's a hard, anybody who owns a business will tell you that's a really hard thing to do to find a balance between giving your employees the world and being able to financially sustain that. So we just keep trying to add little perks and add extra money when we can here and there because, I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to. You're listening to Issues 2023 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Jennifer Ray, owner of the Monarch in Wichita's Delano District. Uh, you know, you talk about, I would rather work for a small business anytime. Right now I'm working for a, a huge corporation. Mm-hmm. But, of course, the benefits are usually a little bit better for, for chain operations and so forth. So how did you make it through that COVID pandemic? What was the secret for you to make, even stay alive? So many businesses went under. You that, know? That, was, that was crazy. I have never cried so much in my life. It is a absolutely bizarre thing to do, especially as a small business owner, to do everything right and still just watch the ship sink. Um, I worked as a bartender through the, um, through the financial crash. And I remember how watching how tough that was and seeing how the company that I worked for then really struggled. So I, actually had been stockpiling money 
the entire time that we were open for when something terrible happened and then something terrible happened. So thankfully, I did have a little bit of a cushion, um, but we were also lucky enough to be able to get, you know, money from the government. So that helped. I was able to pass that on to my, to my employees. And while it wasn't, you know, exactly what they were making when they were employed with me, it was still at least enough to help. Um, so I was able to retain at least part of my staff through that. And then, you know, you just kind of, we were all just making it up as we went. Selling things out the back door, liquor to go became a big statewide issue. That's one of the, um, I, that was the fastest I think I've ever seen the state move on a liquor law when they started to let us all legally sell alcohol. You, but you know, you, you talk about, uh, you, you had to, uh, in, in, in that situation, like you said, you had to be uh, flexible enough to, to find a different way. Um, so many, gosh, I, I, I'm not going to dwell on it, but uh, what a terrible time. What it's ter- crazy that everybody. we're still talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, over the past few years, we've, we've seen a lot of apartment construction on the west bank of the Arkansas River. We have a new library. We have a new stadium. I want to ask you about that. Has Riverfront Stadium had an impact on your business, good or bad? Good. Very good. Um, You know, the construction portion was rough. Thankfully, they were able to complete that project in a record amount of time. So we were okay. Um, But just having that actual building there, having the parking lot behind us well lit, Um, and then having all of the extra, not only on game days, but and especially this year, they're doing an incredible job of using that space as a community center. So it's brought a lot of extra business down, not only to me, but to everyone else in my neighborhood, which has been really lovely. And everyone at the stadium is great. They're, I mean, they are great neighbors. They are great um, and stewards of our neighborhood so we're lucky to have them how about river festival coming up in well in just a few weeks does that does that help your business river festival oh steve (laughs) i'm leaving here the minute i leave here i'm going straight to the river fest office and i will do nothing but work on river fest until probably eight o'clock tonight so you work on it are you doing voluntary work yeah this is my seventh year on the operations team so I work, all of us on the operations team, um, there's about, oh, 70 of us wow. that work year-round to execute that festival. So that's where I'm headed when I get done with this. Um, yeah, I mean, Riverfest helps a lot. Um, there are people in our neighborhood that, you know, they walk up and down the streets. There's street vendors um, that set up. It was a little bit different when they still had the carnival behind us. Oh, okay. um, do you remember that? Yeah. For many years, that's where the Ottaway set up. Um, so that was always an extra, um, an extra bit of fun. But yeah, I, I love our festival. 
and I love the amount of people that it brings downtown. Um, and it, overall, it's a really great thing. Do you have a, a personal philosophy about your work, something that you can verbalize? Uh, philosophy. Do you have one? Or is it just show up and go to work? <laughs> you no. obviously obviously got a good work ethic. I can see that. Yeah. Well, you know, I do for the most part. But I'm one of those people where I can work really, really hard. And I can really dig in and invest in work and spend a lot of hours on work. But then I hit a wall. And then I just have to go silent for a little bit and take some time off. Um I am a big I am a big advocate for the idea that there is no such thing as work-life balance and trying to hold yourself to something like that is an impossible standard. Um, when you are a small business owner, you cannot possibly balance all the pieces in your life. You just have to do the best that you can do. And I see so many people, specifically women, who try to figure out this little Rubik's cube and it's impossible. It is not an equation that can be solved. And you just have to show yourself grace and be kind to yourself when you can't do it all. I have, uh, of course, I have in-laws who down in Texas who've been in the, the small business for years, the food business. And, you know, I learned from them. You can't walk away from those places. No. It's not like the nine to five, oh, let's go home. No. It, the, and you're open seven days a week for crying out loud. Yeah. And, and that's hard. That's a really interesting it thing. It sounds like you got a good GM, though. I do. And that's, yeah. That's got to be key. I have a really great management staff. I have really great, you know, servers and back of the house staff. You know, everybody with a, we are at a staff of about 70 right now. Wow. I know. It's a lot. So not everyone is firing at full capacity you know, every day of the week, but it is, I, I work as many hours as I can in the restaurant and then I work at home at night and you just, you can only do what you can do. Okay. I got to ask you, I got to ask you the, the, the women's question, your gender, female, has it been, have you run into obstacles? Have you, uh, has it been something that it's good for you, bad for you? Or is that, does it matter? That is a loaded question. <laughs> Things are easier now than they were 10 years ago, um, especially in the world of bourbon. No, oh, okay. Bourbon yeah. is a male-dominated industry. Um, beer is a male-dominated industry. Um I have had my challenges as a woman trying to navigate this. I'm trying to speak very carefully no. right now. Um, it's been hard. It's not as hard as it used to be. Um, but I'm sure any other woman would tell you the same thing, that we are judged differently when we assert our opinions. Um, we are judged differently when we make um, requests or put our foot down on things. But as more women 
we've in the last five years specifically, I feel like there's been so many times where I have had the opportunity to collaborate with other women in our community, um, where we are all learning from each other. We are all um, sharing sharing tips and how we all got successful. And I think that is networking a little bit. Dan. Networking. You yeah. know, and, and I got to tell you, I think I see, and as you mentioned, I see a lot more female faces in all the publications about business. And, mm-hmm. you know, the young ladies are saying, oh, I can't just be a teacher. You know, there are other things you can do. Right. And you're, you're, you're one of their, their leaders. How would oh. you define a successful business? So the doors are open. <laughs> the, that's so tough, you know, and I don't, I don't even know because I think what I consider to be successful changes from day to day. You know, during COVID, short and after COVID, my definition of success was just making it through one day, yeah. just one day, or getting an order in and having at least 75% of the product that I ordered actually made it into the restaurant. Um yeah. We no one went in, no one became self-employed ultimately to work eighty hours a week and be stressed out all the time and be exhausted and being broke. None of us did that. None of us signed up for that on purpose. That's <laughs> what happens. Was not your goal. <laughs> um, but I think anyone who owns their own business defines success as just as happiness, which is what we were ultimately looking for when we decided that we should do this. I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to leave one out, one question out about biggest challenges in your work. I'm not going to ask you about that. I want to, I want to find out what are the biggest positives? What are the things that, that make you roll out of bed in this morning and, and go to the Monarch? Customers. I, really? we have the best customers in the city. We, it is such an eclectic mix of people. You go in there any time of the day, and there are there are so many different people in there. There are so many wonderful members of our business community. Um, and our customers are so great because they actually invest back into the restaurant. I have so many of my college kids that work for me that have connected one-on-one with different people that they have served. And those people have become mentors to a lot of my staff, which I think is so, so wonderful that we have become so much more than just a place to eat, but an actual hub for community. 10 years in Delano, uh, great years. Think you can do 10 more? (laughs) That's my goal. That's my cutoff. At some point, I am going to be physically unable to do this job. It's tough. You got some time left. I'm getting arthritis in my ankles. (laughs) I can't go run around Riverside like you do anymore. (laughs) It's a sorry state of affairs over here. But it's it's a physically taxing job. It is. um, It's something that you kind of. I have to be cool and relevant. At some point, I'm going to start really losing touch with what no, you're not. No. the new trends are. You'll be here. We're, <laughs> we're, we're out of time. Our guest is Jennifer Ray, owner of the Monarch in Wichita's Delano District for the past 10 years. And that's all for this edition of Issues 2023. Thanks, Jennifer, for being with us. We appreciate your time. 
We'll be back next week, and thank you all for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.